they sometimes say, uh, whoever the fuck they are, that Florida is a bit of a cultural void. Which I guess is why a lot of bands pass over it on tour. Maybe they go straight from New Orleans to Atlanta. Or Birmingham or uh, something like that. But in my years playing music and touring around, uh, I've experienced quite the opposite, in fact. Florida's a great place to play shows, to be in a band. The crowds are extremely thankful and enthusiastic that a touring band would trek down to Miami or Orlando or Jacksonville. And um, we've had some of our best shows ever in Florida. Um, And we've met some of the coolest bands, um, people making really cool art, really interesting music, and really kind of taking a lot of chances. Um, And one of those bands uh, is The Pauses, who we never played with, um, but I met through working in music. And and, um, Tierney, who is one-third of The Pauses, used to help us out a lot when we would play in Orlando, a place called Will's Pub, and every single time, I think we probably played there four times, and it was always great, and they treated us extremely well, and and uh, all the other bands were cool, and the club was really good to us and paid us really well, and, and there was always a crowd, and, and that was the most important part, that people down there came out to see shows, that, that you know, there was a band here, so let's go see them, which uh, isn't always the case everywhere. Um, it seemed like people were a lot more willing down there to take chances on, on bands that maybe they weren't too familiar with because it was a night out and it was some fun shit to do. Uh, but enough about us. The Pauses, rad band from Orlando who've been doing things for a while. Uh, about to put out their new record sometime in the early in the new year. Um, kind of, I don't know how to describe them. Weezer meets kind of math rock in a way. Um, super infectious, melodic, fun. Um, anyway, they're a great band from a great city doing great things for a cool scene. So check out my conversation with the people on my floor and the pauses, the pauses and the people on my floor, whatever. Uh, enjoy. All right. Welcome back. Um, not you guys. Thank you. To our <laughs> um, literally dozens of listeners around the world. Yeah. Dozens of worldwide fans. <laughs> um, I'm here. We're here with the pauses, Orlando, Florida's own the pauses. Welcome. Hi. Hello. Welcome to the record room. Hello. Welcome to Say Chapel hello, Hill. Jason. Hi. The pauses played last night at the cave in Chapel Hill. Yes, we did. And we're excellent. Thank you. Um, there it is. I um, I'd never seen you guys before, but um, you had given me your first record. Yeah. Which is called a cautionary, a cautionary tale. Cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. Which I thought that was the case last night, but then I thought I had it confused with Dylan LeBlanc's new record. Oh, that's right. Which is also called a cautionary yeah. tale. Yeah. But there's no article on yours. It's just cautionary tale. A cautionary tale. It is a cautionary yeah. tale. Yeah. You guys made it first. 2011. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have a lawyer? He probably, he, probably, he probably has a pretty good lawyer. Oh, yeah. But you guys made it first, you know. Um, I always wanted to start a band to, and make a record called The Beatles, The White Album. Yeah. yeah. Like, whatever our band was named, the album would be named The Beatles, The White Album. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anyway. We were so excited when we made that album. We had the concept for the book, the children's book, and the yes. whole thing. And literally, I think a month after that came out, like six other bands did that yeah. exact same thing. Really? Yeah. It's, I forget um, who they were. It's hive, hive mind kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's it's um. So you guys probably know the band Everyman from Florida. Oh, there's another Everyman. Yes. Yeah. yeah they're so, from South Florida. Yes. So we. Like three years into being a band, like they hit us up and we're like, "Yo, we're Everyman too." And we like kind of started talking, and we were like, we found out that we all we started within like six weeks of each other. Oh wow! You know, and uh, so we just kind of agreed. Can they do? Can they just change every man to the number two? <laughs> every man, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. We just we got an email from somebody in like Portugal oh, yeah. or something recently. It was like, hey, we really want to use the name the pauses. Can we just use that? They <laughs> said we met in a pause. We really like the name. It means something to us. <laughs> I was like, 
No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway, so who? Uh, so who are you guys? Tell us who you are. Um, like your names, what you do. Who we are, or like our just our names. Well, your okay. names a yeah. little little. Yeah, we'll get into the background. Okay. I'm Tierney. Um, tough, and this is. I'm Jason. I play uh, guitar and the. Oh, you didn't ask that. Oh no, sure, yes, yeah. Tierney plays in bass. in my free time. I'll, I, uh, I'll I'll fill in that part for her. Plays bass I, and sings. Yes, I play guitar and the weird noises that make people uncomfortable. He means when he talks. <laughs> and I'm Nathan. I'm the drummer of the band. So that's you, true. You guys have been. You guys have been together for some time. Yeah. Tell me. Go back. Fifty years. Fifty. Yeah. Wait, I remember when we opened for the crickets. <laughs> Um, you uh, no, because you said you you and Jason started playing together in like two thousand three. Yeah, yeah, we were in a band previous to this uh, called Boss Talk, and it kind of just fizzled out. And uh, Jason and I kept in touch and just started sending music back and forth, and um, realized we wanted to do a band again, and that's how this one came about. And we didn't start playing with Nathan until like two thousand nine. Okay, so we've been playing since then together. And then you guys made the Cautionary Tale record in 2011. Yep. Which is the first one. Yep. But then you kind of, not hiatus. No, we were always active. Down. Yeah, we um, we just had other things going on, and we never really like stopped doing stuff. We played shows and slowly took our time writing. And um, you know, the new album that we have coming out is a lot of songs that have been wor- you've been working on for years cool. <laughs> and then some that we put together like right before we recorded so right. um but yeah we've been playing for a while which always happens right yeah it happens for sure it's like i got all these like, songs yeah i'm gonna go into the, and then you pick up the guitar and oh, wait a minute yeah and that's a new it's song. fresh it's and nice that's a new song yeah um, <laughs> so um so this new record that you guys have is well no you're, you're putting out a single next month Yes. Which may be this month by the time I, I publish this. Okay, in November. In November. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so is and then is there a record on the on the on the back burner? Is there like another full length? Is there Um I mean we'd like to. Uh we haven't even thought about that yet. This has all been a lot to uh do. Yeah. <laughs> um but we, we have a record that will be coming out in February um on Arctic Rodeo, which is a label in Germany. Cool. And uh yeah, that's that's the next step. If I had a um, if I had someone producing this, I would have like a soundboard. <laughs> and um, there's a very funny clip of a senator from Alabama talking about Germany. I don't know oh. if you guys have ever heard it with the you beers. No, no but you could do it in post, I guess. I could. Um, I'll play it for you right now. I'll okay. I'll, I'll cut this out. Okay. <laughs> So we just listened to the Alvin Holmes clip, which I'll link in the profile. But I'll drop that in. We're going to do a little post-production, yeah. like, like the Howard Stern show or something. <laughs> um, all right, so we got to... I that now, like, whenever we talk to them on the phone, we call Arctic Rodeo, <laughs> and they're like, where are we talking to you from? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so go back to, I guess, go back to the start. I mean, how did you guys... Because um, you guys obviously have a lot of kind of, if when you hear the pauses... Um, I, I, I mean, I think of a lot of it comes from kind of a power pop place, but there's also some. There's a ton of shit going on. Yeah, there's a lot. Like at the core, you know, it's 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 poppy. Um, it's and I mean that as a as a big compliment, because um, a lot of times that could be meant as not a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also there's all sorts of angular shit. There's all sorts of like ambient stuff. There's all sort. I don't know. It's it's strange. So like just I don't know. Kind of tell me about where each of you guys come from. Like musically, like how'd you all get started with music? What was the first shit you were listening to? How'd you come to to where you are today and and kind of the music that you're writing? And if you want to go in the line, you can. If yeah, you want to just down the couch line. Down the couch line. Um. Yeah, I think it's. Oh, I, I think the evolution Jason, is interesting. Guitar player. Yeah. Guitar player. Weird noise guy. Um. <laughs> Uh, from Germany, <laughs> um, I, uh, I I think it's uh, the the evolution of sort of at least uh, where T and I started too is interesting because the band that we were in prior to this was a lot more serious and a lot more sort of not we're as serious? It was, what, we're you, serious, serious we're serious folks. Moody. It was a lot more moody. It was a lot more. Um, there wasn't a lot of pop to it, yeah. um, and so I think 
we've always sort of, but we've always sort of had that element, I think, to both of our writing. But we all sort of come from different places, influence wise. Like I think we all listen to different things, and we try to permeate this with as much of that as possible. So I, I definitely, I think my main influence comes from probably the DC sort of indie. Uh, discord scenes yeah. stuff like that so you would be on my side of the of the <laughs> debate uh who, whether jawbreaker or jawbox you're, I, on, the, you're on the job i would side. be on your left hand yes okay good yeah jo- the, the, i mean job i found jawbox working at a re- i was working at a record store i found it in a used bin and i just i like the cover and i bought it and i brought it home and listened to it and it completely restructured my brain how that, music should work what, that's and, what jawbox does yeah that's what a lot of discord bands did exactly for a lot of people yeah <laughs> Um, and so Shiner, and then I just went on a on a on a complete uh, tear through everything I could find, and it, and I stopped playing the way I was playing and just completely reinvented. What were you into before that? I mean, uh, when, when was that? Like, when in your life was? I that? mean, that was like I guess early, uh, maybe mid nineties, mid to late nineties, I guess. Okay, so you were probably a teenager. Um, yeah, I mean, when I first picked up guitar, I was I was so I picked up guitar because of. Kurt Cobain. I think sure. a lot of people that I knew and just, yeah, we we were just playing Nirvana esque yeah such stuff and like grunge. And yeah, it was like our Beatles on Sullivan exactly kind of moment. Yeah, so that was my that was my biggest influence to pick up. I was playing piano forever and playing Camptown Races or whatever, and then like it was like oh Nirvana, and then guitar and make a lot of loud noise, and then it was like oh I should make that noise into something that's melodic and interesting. Right. right. So which then like I, I don't know if you had the same kind of realization, but I feel like a lot of people have had where you know nirvana was kind of the the foam on top of the right know, and then we found out what they were into yes right. and yes. Then that was what opened every that's what it wasn't nirvana necessarily that opened everybody's it was nirvana that let people yep you know through the gateway right gateway right it's the pixies and big black yep. and you know anyway so yep. go on so that's well i mean that's me i guess so there's <laughs> um and then this is t-zone i'm in the middle of the couch um, I guess I've been in music school all throughout school. So like kindergarten, um, started playing the recorder and like xylophone and just really loved it and um, just kept going through music classes up until a little bit of college. Um, like music performance? Like, yeah, like I was in concert band. I played uh, clarinet and um, bass clarinet and then I was in jazz band in school. I, uh, I, I actually lied to my teacher and told him I knew how to play the bass guitar. I didn't. I just taught myself that summer just so I could stop playing the clarinet. Sure. And uh, played jazz band for a couple of years. And then somehow that got me a scholarship to play in the college jazz oh. band. Where did you go to school? It was just a community college in uh, in Orlando. And I uh, it was the worst jazz band I'd ever played in. <laughs> And I was just like making up stuff, and they wait, were like, wait, "You got the scholarship via the the bass guitar for, via high school, like yeah, for bass guitar, yeah, to play." Yeah, you had no idea how to play. No, I, I mean, I know how to play, but no, no, like when, when when you would taught yourself. Well, I taught myself in like the tenth grade, right? Um, and so I could play in the jazz band in high school, yeah. and then they helped me get to into college jazz band. Got it. And uh, that jazz band was the worst band I've right. ever played in, and. It was literally like just like the ugh, I, I can't even explain like how bad it was, <laughs> but they were, were you like playing the upright. No, I I never really played that a lot. Um, I I tried and it was really really hard. Um, but um, they they were like, oh, you're you're the best bass player we ever had. And I'm like, really? Like I'm just making up walking <laughs> bass lines. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did that, and uh, we did marching band and all that stuff. So I just like you know, got my fix of a lot of different styles of music throughout school. And I think like, I was just like this, I really wanted to do more like rock music. Cause I really liked, you know, obviously like the nineties influenced me a lot. And like the music videos I'd see like Nirvana and like all that. Um, so I just tried to teach myself guitar and didn't really work out. And then I was like, Oh, I'll try the bass. And like that, like just, I don't know, just, it was really, uh, I just had a, it was just easy for me for some reason. So really enjoyed doing that. And I played a little drums and um, just started playing with some friends and bands and learning how to play in a rock band. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then uh, I met 
some uh, the band that Jason and I were in before this. I met those guys and like they took me on my first tour, and uh, I was like, see you college, um, and then we just I've just been doing that ever since. So, but yeah, that's pretty much it. And what were you? I mean, what were you listening to? Like, what I guess what's kind of been indelible on your life um, musically? I think back then. Uh, like I was, you know, big into like watching like MTV and what was happening then when, when MTV was a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so like Nirvana, Soundgarden, like a lot of like grungy stuff, of course. Um, but then later I got into like some more like weirdo, like electronic stuff. I was really big into Bjork and, um, any kind of like oddball singer type stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, a little bit of Portishead and uh, like I think I discovered the Cocktoo Twins and Kate Bush and that yeah. kind of stuff was like my, totally my jam. And where I mean, where were you? Where were you finding? Because like that stuff, I mean, they weren't really. I mean, I guess they were back then, but I think you couldn't really find Kate Bush on FM radio in Orlando. No, I think I got Napster and I was just like looking at stuff like that people would share and be like, okay, I'll check this out, and mm-hmm. then. I would like find albums through that and right. just download everything. Yeah. So I think that was like my gateway into discovering like weirder music. But sometimes it wouldn't be the track that you download. It would be like a right. It'd it be would, their home recording or yeah, something, or like a Neil Diamond <laughs> song. Or yeah. Like a right. Porno. <laughs> One time I downloaded a record and it was just porn. Oh and wow! I, I clicked the space bar and I was like, <laughs> you know, that's and you kept it. That's not, of course. <laughs> that's not modest mouse. <laughs> That's not modest. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. And then that 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 I guess. And here I am. Here you are <laughs> on my on my couch in Chapel Hill. <laughs> it's nine nine hundred percent humidity outside. We it's can't okay. See We're out from Florida. Yeah, you guys are used to this. That's it. I, I wanted you guys to feel at home, so we cranked up the humidity so much that you cannot see out my windows <laughs> because it is they're so. There's gators in so here. Constant uh, flamingos. There are flamingos. Um, <laughs> There's Florida man. Jimmy, um, Jimmy Buffett's on the radio. Je- you know what? All right. <laughs> I, I, I'll pose a question to you guys. You don't have to answer it now. You could debate it in the car. Okay. If you had to be stuck on a desert island with Jimmy Buffett fans, and there's, now this desert island is well stocked. There's bars. There's places to hang out. There's movie theaters. There's mm-hmm. shit to do. Would you rather be stuck on a desert island with uh, 500 Jimmy Buffett fans or 500 Rolling Stones fans? Rolling Stones. But with the Rolling Stones, there's nothing to do. You just just hang out with Rolling Stones fans. Exactly. Yeah. You're not going to the Rolling Stones concert. You're not listening to the Stones. <coughs> you're just hanging out. Yeah. Rolling Stones. Stones fans are older and more uh, polite, if probably. I'll yeah. I'll kill myself if I hear a Jimmy Buffett song. But you don't have to hear a Jimmy Buffett song. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or ha- even talk about it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. See, I was always on the Buffett side because, you know, put on the Hawaiian shirt. Blend up a margarita. Eat a burger. Roll a big fat joint. Not that I smoke <laughs> weed, but if I was stuck on a desert island with a bunch <laughs> of Buffett fans. Um, Rolling Stone fans, I, I feel like, would just want to talk about this. the days. Yeah. Back in the days. Sure. Well, what's playing? So I just did the movie theater. Is it just like that documentary about parrots? Is like, what is playing? <laughs> no, it's, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, well, it depends. It depends on who's on the island. Yeah. You know? Um, have you ever been to a Margaritaville? I have not. I, that I refuse to do. <laughs> Yeah. Man, yeah. yeah, that's a whole experience. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll pass on that. <laughs> um, okay, so Nathan. Nathan. Okay. Um, well, my, Nathan I guess drummer. the origin of my musicianship is probably through my dad because he was a session drummer and touring drummer uh, for a bunch of country bands in the seventies. Oh, cool! And um, I grew up with a full drum set, a full music studio in my house. Nice. Because uh, he had Did tons he ever of gear. Tour with Del Reeves. Uh, Del Reeves. Yeah. No, I only asked because a couple of episodes ago we had a singer-songwriter named the Colonel, mm. whose dad played bass with Del Reeves. Oh no, who is a, is a pretty well-known country. Sure, sure. He played at the Opry all the time, right? And that would blow my mind. If you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I um, don't think so, but it's possible. He played a lot of you know Opryland and and he did right. some European stuff. Uh, so yeah, it was cool to have that growing up and. I think I just fell into it just because of my admiration of what he had been doing professionally. And he's still today as, as a touring drummer and, and playing drummer. Wow. Um, so I definitely became a band geek all through school, played in jazz and orchestra and a marching band and concert band and did all of that. And like these guys, 
you know, when Nirvana and Smashing Pumpkins and Tool and all of the 90s alternative scene hit, it was just kind of an explosion. Um, How'd your dad take that? He was all about it. Like, I, you know, I also grew up on stuff he loved, like Jimi Hendrix and sure. Steely Dan. Sure. Um, so I, I definitely had a wide range of music uh, growing up that sort of led me into finding things, you know, in alternative. And I also, uh, probably the biggest moment was I went to Lollapalooza 93 when I was pretty young. I was way too young probably to go to a concert like mm-hmm. that. But, I mean... That was um, Beastie Boys? No, it was Tool, Primus... Uh, uh, Front 242, yeah. Dinosaur Jr., Rage Against the Machine, okay. Alice in Chains, uh, Babes in Toyland, a bunch of Sweet. you know incredible bands yeah. all in one. And after that, it was like, yeah, I got to be in a band. Uh, so I was in a, a terrible heavy metal band for a while, um, doing like Pantera covers and Helmet covers. And then I went from that to more of a, like a punk rock phase. I started listening to... Uh, the stuff that comes before Green Day, after I was already a Green Day fan, and did a lot of uh, punk band stuff. And then I went into a ska phase, because ska hit big in the late 90s. Sure. So I was in a couple of those bands. And then what when I got... the best slash worst name of one of your ska bands? Uh, well, I was in two bands. I was in the Savoys, uh, named a, after Stomping at the Savoy. Yeah. And then I was in a band called Brownie Points. Okay. Um, but nothing with the word ska in it. Nothing with, the, yeah, no scavuvi, no scatolites, no, nothing like that. Scab of the hut. Yeah. Um, I like the Savoys. Yeah. That's cool. I picture you guys with, um, like, ascots. <laughs> well, we, we definitely, you know, dressed the rude boy part, you know, and we were an instrumental ska band. We didn't have a singer at that time. So, um, yeah, we, we did it uh, traditional for the most right. part. Right. And then I went to college and... Uh, found out about bands like Square Pusher and Aphex Twin, so I went down a rabbit hole of experimental EDM kind of stuff and really dived into that world. Um, and Nine Inch Nails and Industrial uh, really got into that side of things as well. And then uh, I found these guys in uh, 2009, like uh, Tierney said, and uh, I was actually f- trying to find people to do experimental electronic stuff online through MySpace. Mm-hmm. And I came across Jason, who had a side project at the time called Wheezy. And uh, we started trying to figure out how to potentially make that work live. And it, it was just so incredibly complicated that it was never going to happen. But then when they needed a drummer, he remembered me somehow and uh, brought me on board. And here we all are. Cool. So, And you guys are all born and raised in Orlando. I am. He's from, uh, Jason's from South Florida. And Nathan. Yeah, I was born in Tennessee, but Central Florida since I was... Yeah. What is what what what's the delineation? I mean, describe to a non-Floridian what it means to be from South Florida versus North Florida. Is there a Central Florida? It's like four hours. I, yeah, Orlando, right. Central Florida. Uh, I guess to me, I'm not from South Florida, but it seems like a whole different beast. You know, it's like a separate state yeah. in a way. Just a bunch of New York Jason Jews. Jason can tell you who moved down there. It's fine. Listen, I'm from New York, and my wife's a Jew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, it is. I mean, that's where everybody everybody goes to when everybody says they go to Florida to retire. Like it's South Florida, right? So it's nobody's going to Jacksonville. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so going from there, it's much more of an older, retired sort of uh, calmer community. Going from there to living in Orlando is like moving to Vegas. It was just like okay. insane. Because yeah, but then you got Miami, which is this whole. Yeah, I didn't go. I avoided Miami like even when we were. I was down. I grew up there, and I was in bands and everything. But the scene down there, growing up in bands, is like I was also in like a heavy metal band down there because it's you have two options: you either do metal or you do Latin, or or you do or you're a DJ. That's it. Nothing else really flies down there, and it's been that way since the the early '90s. Like is when I was. But those two, those two choices kind of means you have to be a pretty good musician. Yeah. I mean, oh, you yeah. Can't yeah. Be in a metal there band are or a Latin band without. There are fantastic musicians down there. Yeah. But yeah. they're doing heavy metal Latin. Right. right. <laughs> and stuff, which is cool if you've heard it. Sepultura, I've heard it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then what? And then so Central Florida. So Orlando is like I don't know much about Orlando beyond like the few times we played there and Disney World, obviously. Um, 
I mean, what what is what? I mean, what is you say? It's like Vegas is like a party town. I mean, if you go to like I Drive, is like it's like a Vegas Strip. Really? I mean, it's not all like that. I think that, but it was kind of like a culture shock for me when I got there. And I'm like, holy shit, this is insane. Well, I mean, why this is that? Is because there's a big school there? Is I mean, like well, young I, kids? Yeah, I mean, there's. I I moved to Orlando for film, so I I went into film. Uh, production and stuff, and I was doing a lot with friends there. And there's Full Sail, which is just like there's a lot of film yeah. stuff going. Especially at that time, it's kind of dried up a little bit. But at that time, there was a lot of film production going on. There was Panavision and Universal was oh, there, cool. and like a lot of shooting and stuff going on. So I was in that area a lot. Um, and the park, the theme parks are right there. We're a little further away from that. We're all sort of closer to downtown and UCF and everything. So we're separated from that now. But at the time when I moved there, it was like the, I was saturated with that stuff. Right, right, right. That's introduction to orlando is you know is like the theme park right. so that's what you see and like and when people come to orlando i always try to pull them into like the center like yeah. like hey this is where you know everything really happens mm -hmm. here this there's mills avenue um there's like winter park area where's park Ave cds you know like all this stuff that's happening in <laughs> is it all in the middle um not in the college area or right. not in like west orlando where all the theme parks and stuff are so is that like the, the beachum well the that's downtown there's the there's a couple of venues down there there's the social and the beachum mm -hmm. which are next to each other um but honestly a lot of people don't really go downtown they kind of go more like the outskirts of downtown which is like the mills 50 area okay so we have like will's pub and yeah. um you know that whole strip is just walkable bars and restaurants and stuff, and it's it's really cool. There's a really great music scene there too. Cool. Yeah. And then you have North Florida, which is yeah, it's like it's a whole different beast. Yeah, really, it really is. It's 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 three different states in my mind. Yeah. Southern yeah. Georgia. Southern Georgia. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've 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 I I you know coming from New Jersey on a mm -hmm. much smaller scale. Yeah. It's very much the same way. New Jersey is four states. Yeah. You have North Jersey, South Jersey, Central Jersey, which a lot of people don't agree even exists, but <laughs> uh, it very much does. And then you have the shore. Yeah. And so I totally like it's it's this weird, you know, even though all these people are jammed in, they're so different and mm -hmm. it's so, you know, so that's cool. I mean, and, and, and I don't know if it's if, if it, if it kind of influences what you guys do at all or, or maybe it doesn't. Well, I don't know. Maybe yeah, it does without maybe. thinking about it. Well, that's kind of <laughs> always what happens, right? When yeah. you try and make it influence you, it never fucking works. <laughs> so, all right. So tell me about the pauses. I mean, like, so who you guys you got together, made a record, um, been playing shows. You guys, we were talking about it last night. Like, you guys have recently kind of nabbed a couple of really cool high profile opening slots Weezer mm -hmm. the zombies yeah which as a massive zombie fan I freaked out when I saw you post <laughs> that on Facebook um so what I mean what well go to the core of it I guess like how do you guys kind of operate like who writes the tunes how do you guys uh is it like fully democratic you know is somebody the boss um, who does all the booking Bruce isn't in our band but, um, <laughs> yeah, he's too busy on Broadway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess. Um, I guess it kind of starts off with like either Jason and I will send an idea back and forth to each other, and we're we're all pretty isolated writers. Like, I need to be in a room by myself and know that no one else is around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just so, because it's it's kind of a crazy moment, you know. You're like talking and singing to yourself, and you're trying out music and I don't feel like super skilled musician where I can just sit down at a piano and be like, ah, oh, I can play this, blah, blah, blah. And like, not feel like insecure about it, but I need some time to like figure out what I'm doing and, and make mistakes and like know that like <laughs> no one's listening. Well, I said to my wife one time, like I, I'm nervous enough to play you a song when it's done. Yeah. You think I'm going to fucking play you a song when it's right. just getting started? Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> get out of here. Go yeah. to Trader Joe's. And yes. <laughs> you need that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so that's why we're we're so like isolated. And plus, it kind of gives us some space to like just think about it and not be like we rarely jam. Right. Like, you know, and I feel like that can transform a song into something completely different mm -hmm. than what we intend it to be. So. We'll start, you know, I'll send like a piano thing to Jason or bass thing and uh, then he'll send it back and just like completely add something that would I would never have thought but would be totally cool, you know, and we just kind of have this like trust um, situation, which is nice. Um, and then once it gets to a point 
where we're, we feel like we have a lot of parts that work. We kind of put it in a room and get Nathan to add his, you know, like rhythmic input to it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of kind of how it works, I guess. And who's doing all the? Li- are you writing all the lyrics? Yes, I write the the lyrics and the the vocal melodies. Um, where does that come? Oh God! Because a lot of your, stuff, <laughs> your a lot of your songs are very um, uh, rhythmic. Mm-hmm. Right and 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 I find that a lot of songwriters who write music like that, the 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 vocal and the melody kind of happens after the song. Yeah, because it's kind of hard to sit down with a bass and write something that's fucking like wildly rhythmic <laughs> and think without hearing all the other elements. It's not like you're playing a four four chord thing and you're yeah right. Is that kind of what happens? Yeah, I think a lot of times <laughs> it'll end up writing the vocals afterwards right. because um, there's so much going on. I think I want to make sure that I'm not adding too much on top of that, you know, and I'm complimenting, but also being not in the background, you know, right. like, so um, it's, it's rare that I'll write, like one of the songs we have is like a bass, like it started out on the bass and I wrote the bass and vocals at the same time. Right. So I like to, if I'm writing the song, I like to make those two things work together um at least melody wise and then the the lyrics will kind of come much later um i do that like mccartney thing where he uh he, I, I saw some some documentary or something where he will just make up sounds mm-hmm. as he's playing something just to get the what sounds work within that mm-hmm. music and mm-hmm. I, I do that a lot and then i sometimes will even form words out of that and that will be where the song goes mm-hmm. it's like okay you accidentally said piano or something and then that's the content of the song now um yeah one of my one of my i'm pointing at all the records specifically <laughs> pointing all at of one. the records in the world one of my favorite bands of all time if not my favorite band of all time is archers of loaf okay. and i read an interview with eric bachman when he was saying very he's like you know people try and read this depth into my lyrics and it's not they're just word that's well. Uh, oftentimes there is a lot of depth, or maybe he's just lying. But <laughs> they're just words that sound good. Like the melody should yeah. sound. Yeah. You know? So it's like, and I feel like a lot because at me as a songwriter, I'm, I'm like a storyteller kind of songwriter. Yeah. And I, 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 it's fascinating to me people who write like that because I think it's amazing. Um, because I, it's a kind of like a word word bag kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And again, it's much more rhythmic than yeah. anything else because you're. You're relying on the rhythm of the rhythm of the melody. If yeah, <laughs> I think it's sense. this with this record at least. It's a little more conceptual. You know, the last record, I'll, I'll admit, it was a little more abstract and like kind of figuring things out mm-hmm. as we go. But this one, I definitely like sat down. I was like, okay, this is kind of like where I don't want to write another love song. <laughs> like, sure, I want to write about something specific or whatever. Um, even though it's still probably coming off as abstract. Sure, and um, that's also I feel like that's also like a, oddly like a super. Um, '90s thing, yeah. right? Like, like, and, and and given like the way you guys kind of describe your influences, it makes perfect sense. But yeah. like, you think of like the Billy Corgan's lyrics uh-huh. or Kurt Cobain's lyrics or Chris Cornell's lyrics. Like, they weren't they weren't singing about you know like Bruce Springsteen singing about the guy who yeah, did the thing. Right. None of that happened in the '90s. And, right. And, and then in indie rock, you know, even now with the thread that goes to the national, like mm-hmm. they don't. It's not. It's this more like kind of abstract poetic thing, which I think is really cool. Yeah. As someone it, who cannot do that. <laughs> I think yeah, I think it's actually harder for me to sit down and write out the words and then apply that to the song. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like that seems like that would be a, like a challenge I'd like to eventually make work. Yeah. But it just seems harder for me. Oh, I, I know I, I know I know people who do that and that's another thing to me that seems yeah. totally impossible. <laughs> Yeah. It's like I'm writing lyrics. Yeah. Like, how the fuck are you writing lyrics? <laughs> it's so weird too. Like they'll fit the syllables into the song melody in such a weird and strange way that it it almost feels like it's not English anymore. Right. It doesn't right. make sense. Yeah. I, I never understood that. Like I had a friend who did that. She had books and books and books of lyrics. And it wasn't just poetry because mm-hmm. she would then apply them to songs. I'm yeah. Like, how the fuck do you know those lyrics without knowing the melody? It's it's a weird process because I have books and books of notes and things because I'm always thinking about lyrics and my phone like I always say my phone is like if anyone stole it it would be like the most embarrassing thing ever to find because there's so many notes do in my code, phone do you have a password I do yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll never break <laughs> yeah. it it's impossible um, but sometimes <laughs> I'll pull a line or something from what I wrote but I never like can sit down and write a whole mm. lyric you know it's like it's crazy yeah. but 
But when you have that thought, you're like, you immediately want to write it down and make sure you can remember it. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I have books and books of just crazy little lines, you know? What, um, so then where does all the kind of, um, cause I think one interesting thing that you guys do is a lot of, um, a lot of the angular stuff is really cool. And a lot of the stoppy starty kind of stuff is just an interesting take on pop music. Mm-hmm. But like what, like all the ambient stuff, I think is that kind of more your provenance or the noisemaker, the noisemaker. Yeah. But then, but then Nathan's doing a lot of stuff on the drum pad. That's you know, I, like how, where where in the equation does all that stuff factor? And do you write a song and then you say like, let's fuck this up a little bit? <laughs> no. Well, a lot of them start out fucked, just completely fucked up, and right. then it's like, oh, how do we normalize this? Got so, it. Got it. Yeah. So it's it just depends. Uh, Usually, I'll start a song. It'll either be a, a rocking guitar thing, or it'll be just a weird, glitchy mess of noise. And then it's just, um, I'm very like the same way that you are. I'm very sort of precious about the material, where it's like I don't show things to anybody until it's like at ninety nine point nine percent, or it's like right there. Right. So that's the same thing. It's 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 a little nerve wracking having because I want to have like here's seven parts in a row and then I'll send it off and be like, okay, now we have to completely tear this thing down and make room for lyrics and make room for drums and make room, make right. this thing actually become a song. And right. so that's the challenge for me is, is that's, uh, it, it, it's stripping away a lot of those things and making it, uh, less crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, because where, when the project that sort of Nathan and I started on was full tilt ridiculousness, like art, and, art gallery kind of stuff. <laughs> Um, I mean, they were song. It wasn't so. Um, it wasn't so Yoko level. <laughs> it was like there exactly were, what I was thinking. Right. right. I was, <laughs> no, you could dance to it. Okay. <laughs> Yoko level. Well, some I, people can dance to Yoko. I did want to start a band called Yoko. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give that away. You, no, could, yeah. you still right. can. Cut that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then what about like all the, I mean, what you're doing. So, well, a lot of this stuff is like, is, is it, are you playing with something in your ear? Yeah. Is yeah. it programmed? Yeah. It's, it's a combination of things. Like I'll have a click for every song and then I'll also have the samples uh, just so that I can make sure that I'm, um, you know, following along with where we are in the song. And, and it's a combination of things where we'll divide it up between Jason and I, what should be a trigger and what should be something that he plays. So Jason will actually sometimes take, some of the uh, complex electronic stuff and create a keyboard out of it. So he's playing all of the notes as if it was a piano, mm-hmm. but they're actually all these squeals and boops and bleeps and stuff, and it, and it works out. And you're also triggering the lights, too. Right, yeah. We, we just started a big light uh, extravaganza show that Jason pre-programs for all the songs in our set, and then I'm also triggering that, that light show for yeah. every song yeah. so that it all... Uh, comes together so that as an audience member when you're watching us it might appear that all of the lights are being uh, activated by us because each light is representative of each instrument in the band but it's actually all pre-programmed so it's sort of a, a nice magic trick that we try well, to pull off well it's supposed to be a lot of three person juggling yeah. it's, it's supposed to be sort of a sitting plate thing where it, 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 we never wanted it to seem like somebody was handling every like, right. like every, right. this person is doing all the samples This person, so at least it, it feels like and for us live, it feels a lot more like we're we're doing the amount that we should be doing, and we're not just like hitting a backing track. And sure. Just, uh, well, and that's what, the, what the, the, actually the next thing I was going to say was that you know watching you guys last night, it was cool. Um, in that, like some bands can take that shit to the extreme, where it's just there's so much going on that's not happening on stage, that's mm-hmm. happening in a computer or via a trigger. But w- the way you guys employ it is very subtle. It subtle to a point where, like, I had to listen. Like, is that, wait a minute, like, is she doing a harmonizer on it or is that something that's happening? And, and I think that's really cool and it's very tasteful and it, it's hard, you know, it's hard to accomplish something like that because, you know, I mean, to filter yourself and to say, like, when not to do something is, right. is kind of, you know, especially when you have all these toys that you're employing. Organic as possible, yeah. you know. Well, that's the thing. It's it's it's, it's this thing that's in, that's inherently inorganic. Right. Yeah. But you guys make it sound very organic. And that's um, purposeful. I mean, uh, a lot of times when we're writing, uh, they'll come in, especially some some of the stuff that Jason comes up with rhythmically, mm-hmm. and I'm like, how am I going to translate that onto a drum set? Right. How am I going to make this into a rock song somehow? So when we're all in a room and and sort of crafting the song, it's sort of my job to turn it into the pop song that it could be sure. a little bit and and try to say, okay, well, is this a verse or is this a chorus or is this a bridge? How does this song work as a right. full structure and, and try to make it cohesive? And also yeah. to not to not 
use to use that stuff in a way that doesn't replace a, a human. Because a lot of a lot of people yeah. will do that. It's like, well, let's just have it play this. Tr- like you guys really do a thing where it's kind of you're accentuating what you three are playing, right? As opposed to replacing what someone isn't playing, right? If that makes sense. Yeah, and and it's you know we're just a three piece too, so it's like. I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. <laughs> we don't yeah. have to have a, another person just doing these things. Right. So, right. Yeah. Uh, Jay Robbins actually said that we are the best at the chorus, the verse chorus, <laughs> which was a nice compliment. I can dig that. Not, I haven't. <laughs> I've yet to hear that term, but um, <laughs> I, I, I can dig it. Um, all right. Well, it's almost twelve o'clock, and you guys have to go to Atlanta. So, um, uh, two more things. One. Um, Tell us about the new record, or tell us what, or the single. Tell us what you can tell us. Sure. Yeah. Um, the new record is called Unbuilding, and it will be coming out in February on Arctic Rodeo. Um, it, I think that's the first time we've actually said the name of the album on the thing. Yeah, Mike, you're getting the exclusive. Worldwide exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Some people on my floor first. From Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> The record label's from Germany. Germany. Germany, jeez. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, and uh, we're really excited about it. We feel, like, really great at, about the record. We recorded with Jay again, and uh, he's just the Jay best. Jay Robbins. Jay Robbins, cool. yep. Um, and it's nine songs? Nine I love, love a nine track. Something album. about that. Uh, somewhere, somewhere around there. Um and uh, yeah, it, uh, we just feel like it's like a, a step up for us. Um, we feel really good about all the music, and we took our time with this one. Um, this sure. single comes out. 2011 was the last one. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, in the studio. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> Where's his studio? Or did did he did you record it? He's his? in Baltimore okay. at the Magpie Cage. And you went up there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we did the same for the first record too. Sure. This time we took a little bit longer. And experimented. Jason used every guitar amp in the room. Yeah. Um, we spent a lot of time with vocals and uh, just really finessed everything and sure. came out really awesome. We don't do like like what we did too with the first album is like we went for the first day. Jay kind of does like a big giant board. It's a big Hollywood squares of oh, yeah. board. And you break everything down yep. and like it was really fun. I think he was excited too because we didn't. We only did one song live as a band. The rest was very segmented. Where it was like we want every every drum sound on this to be completely different where it's like from the verse to this chorus to this thing to this thing so because cool. i get so bored when i listen to an album and it's just like one drum sound the entire right. album right. or one guitar sound the entire right. album. so we and i think it kind of lends to our sound where it's just like constantly surprising and constantly new and you don't know where what this song is going to sound like by the time you reach the three minute mark is just going to be a different song and that's sure. the idea is just as color it as much as possible and be as so being in the studio like that is fun it's exhausting um, yeah, but that was why we were like, oh, we need to schedule out about twice as much time as we. I was going to ask, how long did it take to make the record? Uh, we, did, we recorded for ten days, and then we did like three days of mixing, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, so yeah. Like it's two weeks. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, cool. Um, and that's in February. Yeah. Um, and the, um, go ahead. Sing- oh, sorry. The single comes out next month, and it's called maybe this month. Oh, uh, sorry, November. November or yeah. last month, if you're listening in December. Potentially last month. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's out. It's maybe. out now. The, the <laughs> single is out, maybe. <laughs> um, it's called Digital Detox, and it's uh, anti... Well, I don't want to say anti. It's just a curious about the internet song. Sure. Um, and it's really fun, electronic, poppy goodness that makes you feel like you're trapped... In a video game. Cool. Um, what what um, what kind of video game? Uh, it's SNES, a few. Yes. Are we talking PlayStation Three or no, it's mm-hmm. definitely Tron? Early, I would early Nintendo Eight Bit. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that will be out in November, and hopefully, um, we'll we'll be touring in February. Cool. For the record, and uh, we'll actually be at Noise Pop this year, next next year. I don't know what day it is. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Cool. And where uh, where can people find you online? We're in Orlando. <laughs> just, just be in Orlando. Uh, come floor. We're on Mike's well, floor at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're at thepauses.com, and uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Live Journal. Still, uh, 
Jason and Jason and I, I actually met on Live Journal. Oh, cool. <laughs> and in an Adult Swim fan group. Nice. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's that's where it's we're all at. the pauses. Everywhere is the pauses. Everywhere, everything. Yeah. All of your online properties are streamlined. Yes. Good, mm-hmm. good. Because the same guy whose dad played with Del Reeves, um, his Instagram is spelled different than his Facebook, and his. Oh <laughs> no! So yeah. So we were joking that he's actively, um, actively trying to um, not have people find him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, cool. So with that, we will close with these seven random questions. Okay. Let's see. Where'd it go? Oh, there it is. Okay. The seven random questions. Mm-hmm. Are we alone in the universe? No. <laughs> cool. Um, Brando, what's that? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Brando, Redford, or Newman? Ooh. Um, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Redford. All right. Yeah. You I'm all have to Redford. answer this one. Um. Brando. Yeah, absolutely, Brando. <laughs> Are you kidding? Nathan wanted that mic the whole time. <laughs> um, space shuttle or the rocket ship? That we like? Yeah, we're close to uh, space oh, right. shuttle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the rocket ship is... Um, anyway. um, <laughs> I can't editorialize. These are your answers. Beach house or lake house? Um, beach house. I'm going lake house. We we should we need to have discussions in the car. <laughs> <laughs> this is what the seven. Listen, this is what the seven random questions elicits. Um, this might be the, the end of this tour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching Robert Redford films in a lake house. I don't yeah. know what you guys. Are doing. Yeah. Um, well, in your lake house, while you watch Robert Redford, are you eating Wawa or Seven Eleven? Uh, Wawa. Oh, definitely Wawa. Yeah. Wawa. Because it's brand new, fairly new to us. Sure. When we would go on tour before on in our old band, it was like we would go out of our we way called. to find a Wawa. Uh-huh. And be like, now, does it elicit? This is the kind of the converse going back to the conversation before we had. Uh, does it elicit the same kind of fanaticism that it does in New Jersey and Pennsylvania and Virginia? Mm-hmm. Not not quite yet, or it's too new. Yeah, well, I think Publix is the thing that Floridians are fanatics. Well, about. then let me re- all right. So let me rephrase my question: Wawa or Publix? Well, those are two different things because Publix is a grocery store, so oh, they have okay. everything. They, have food. they make, they make, food. and they have Publix subs. Yeah. Yeah. So, a Wawa Hoagie or a Publix sub—that's the question. Uh, Publix, Publix sub. sub for <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right. So that was the question. Ignore all the previous stuff. Wawa Hoagie or Publix sub, and we have a unanimous Publix sub. <laughs> Saying the phrase Publix sub because of the X and the S is impossible. By yeah. the way, yeah. Publix sub. Publix yeah. sub. <laughs> muscle cars or muscle tees. Cars. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and finally, the seventh one, two, three, four, five. Yep, yep. Um, The seventh of the seven random questions. Hot licks or tight grooves? Tight grooves. (laughs) (laughs) Hot licks are dumb. I'm going with tight licks. Hot licks. I'm going to go... Oh, tight licks. Okay. I'm going to go with groove licks. Groove licks, okay. (laughs) All right, so two hybrids... And one tight groove. <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you. All right, the pauses. I'm going to play a song. I don't know which one yet. Um, uh, check them out online, everywhere, slash, or at the pauses. Um, cool. Thanks, Thanks for coming, for guys. Us. Yeah, I hope you all Thanks had a nice stay. Oh, you have to review the stay. Oh, it was great. This place is amazing. Cool. Um, I did not sleep on the floor, but. No one does. Okay. It's uh yeah, I mean no one does unless you have like a really big band. Yeah. Um, Coffee was good. Um hospitality was nice. Instructions were excellent, very detailed. Yeah. I uh, give it four and a half stars. Cool. Yeah. Are we lost uh, a half star? Uh well, we haven't left yet, so Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> There's still room to fuck up. <laughs> um cool. All right. Well, I hope I see you guys soon. I look forward to the new album and the new single. Um, and uh, thanks for thanks for doing this. Thank you. Thank you. The pauses. Super cool people. Super cool band. Check them out. Um, all over the internet. Mm, the pauses. One word. Dot bandcamp. Dot com. Um, just search the pauses. Orlando. Um, Facebook. Dot com slash the pauses. The pauses. Dot com. Any of those. 
and you'll find them. Anyway, here's a song from their new-ish split EP. Um, uh, it's called The Beginnings of Things. Enjoy it. See you soon.